Thank you so much for joining us today. We'd love to know how this ministry is impacting your life. So please take a moment and email us at mystory at cowboyjunctionchurch.com. Also, if you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can visit our website at cowboyjunctionchurch.com and click give. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Next week, uh, everybody got a card in their seat. And next week is our Pumpkin Palooza Kidtopia Day. Up here on the stage, it will be completely changed. It was, it's going to be a great, I'm not going to tell you a lot about it because uh, you, you don't need to know. We want to surprise you. And next week's going to be fantastic. But the reason this is in your seat is so that you can invite somebody. We want to go tell as many people in our community as we can that this is a cool place for kids, okay? And we're even getting better in what we have for our kids. And probably one of the things I love the most about what we do every year is pumpkin palooza. I mean, come on. That, that has been such a tradition here at Cowboy Junction. And so if I were you, I just wouldn't settle for the one card. Uh, there's a man in our church who Heather, uh, Brady and I went and played golf the other day and saw him playing golf. And he was taking these cards, and he was sticking them on the little card holder on the golf carts. Just sticking them in the little card holder. And I thought, how clever. It'll get us kicked off the golf course, but that is so clever. Okay? And, and we want to go tell as many people as we can about next week's Pumpkin Palooza and Kidtopia Day. Okay? So when you walk out, don't just settle for one. You may want to ask the ushers for more, because it's a fun week. Y'all ready for today? Are y'all ready to learn something? Thank you, all six of you. I appreciate that. Well, I'm going to preach anyway. And uh, I'd like for you to take your Bibles and go to Luke chapter 15, verse 27. Now, you may have your smart device. Please bring your phone to church. You may want to put it on uh, uh, airplane mode. Well, not airplane mode, but the buzzer will do good. And uh, please bring your, your, your smart device. Uh, download the Cowboy Junction app. I already have the notes on there for you. But today I want to finish up this little mini-series we've been on called It's Not Fair. In the world we live in, in the society, so many times we want things to be fair. And, and the difficult thing about life being fair is that the only thing fair about life is that it's unfair for everybody. Gosh, I thought I'd give a bigger shout for that one. i like, that kind of stuns you. You're like, that's true. They should put that on a t-shirt. We shouldn't. No, we shouldn't. Uh, but the only thing fair about life is that it can be unfair for everybody. That makes it fair. But the funny thing is, is that when we start growing in the kingdom and we start growing in who we are in Christ Jesus, we begin to expect God to be fair. And the kingdom, from what we learned last week, the kingdom of God is not fair at all. But that's why it's faith. It's because in the kingdom, we aren't looking for what is fair for us. We are looking at being a part of God's plan and God's purpose and, and, and offense, you can't be offended in God's kingdom. You just have to say, I, don't, I do not live in offense. I want to be a part of God's plan. I just love the fact that I'm a part of what God wants to do. Forget what I want to do. I want to be a part of what God wants, me, wants to do. Now, in this whole series of It's Not Fair, remember, it's a good thing that it's not fair. Because if we all got what we deserved, you wouldn't know how bad it actually would be. Keep that in mind. And God's grace is amazing. I do not deserve the righteousness of Christ Jesus. 
But through Christ Jesus, I am the righteousness of him. And when my Father in heaven sees me, he sees Jesus because of the blood covering. That's amazing grace. Amazing grace. In this story in Luke chapter 15, verse 27, we see one of two parables that I'm going to talk to you today about. And in this parable, you see the, pro- the story of the prodigal son. Now, if you don't know the story of the prodigal son, it's this story about this young man who turns to his father. Now, picture this. Turns to his living father and says, Dad, I want half of everything you have, everything that's going to come to me anyway. Now, when we read that, and you really read it really fast, you don't understand, oh my gosh, no one would ever do that in today's society. In fact, if I turned to my dad and said, hey, dad, uh, I know you're still living, but uh, give me everything that belongs to me. I want half. My dad would turn to me and say, I just want you to remember that I'm not gone yet. And um, I don't want you to get your hopes up. I plan on spending everything I have. Uh, you're not going to get anything because it's all going to be gone by the time I get through spending all of it. And, and who would ever go to their dad and say, give me a half of everything you have? This when you think about it, instantly put the entire family at half of what they had before the younger son asked for what belonged to his. This is a wild story. This is something that makes no sense, but it's a parable that you really have to sit down and think about. And so the story goes that the young man went out and blew, spent everything he had, okay? And with spending everything that he had, he ended up living a life of need. He lived with the pigs. He ate pig food. And one day while eating pig food, he says, you know what, this is ridiculous. All I have to do is just go home, and it would be better to be a servant in my father's house than live here in these pigs. And remember, he used the word servant. He didn't use the word son. In his mind, he had already cashed that in. He was no longer a son, but it was at least be better to be a servant than to live here with all these pigs. But when he came home, he found that the father was so, so thrilled that his son finally came back home, scooped him into the air, swung him in the air, was just glad that his son came home. So this party is now going on because of the prodigal son coming home. It's a beautiful story. If I was to ask you, what is this story about? Most people would say it's about the prodigal son, but no, it's really not. Everything about this story is about the father's love. The whole story is about the father's generosity. Oh, and by the way, there wasn't one brother. There was actually two brothers. And everybody seems to forget about the second brother. And today I want to look at the story of the second brother in this parable. And in verse 25, it says this. Now, the older son was in the field. And as they came and drew near to the house... He heard music and dancing. Okay, think about that. That's some serious dancing if you can hear the dancing. (laughs) Seriously. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and because he has received him safe and sound, your your father has killed the fatted calf. Big party. But instead of him being happy that his brother came home, look at verse 28. But he was angry and would not go in therefore his father came out and pleaded with him and listen very closely to the words of the father to the oldest son so he answered and said to his father lo these many years i have been serving you so this is the son to the father 
I have never transgressed your commandments at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat. At this point, we can see that it's not fair. Can you see that? Okay. That I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf. Yeah. And we'd have to say, you know what? I can't argue with that. He's angry. And it really is not fair. But verse 31 is, is the heart of today's message. And I want you to take a look at this. The father speaks to the oldest son, and he says two things, and there are two things I'm going to continue to go back to all throughout this message today. If you're in this room and you don't even believe in God, I want to tell you, first of all, you're welcome here. And I'm so glad you're here. We have many people who love the feel of church, but they just can't put it all together just yet. And we know where you stand, but at the same time, you know that I also have an agenda. That in the world of life being unfair, there's this continuous sign of a kingdom at work in the middle of the world we live in. And in this moment, you see that as believers, we can also get wrapped up in the world of it's not fair. And we have to make a course correction. And that's done if you listen to what the father says about the unfair treatment taking place between these two sons. And in verse 31, he says, and he said to him, son, you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. Did you hear that? Let me say it again. Son, you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. At this moment, I want to pray and ask God to bless today. Father, open our hearts. We need you. Thank you for your purpose. Your plan, there's somebody in this room that needs this, Lord. There's some kid, some high school kid, that, that day after day, there's a world of unfair. And I don't know what it is, but there has to be this moment that they have to decide, do you believe God has a better plan, or do you want to dwell on the unfair? There, there's, a, there's a family in this room, Father, that I truly believe can live in the land of unfair when we could stop and say, you know what, though? That's never going to bring any good in my life if I stay there. God, I want your kingdom in my life. Your kingdom come. Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, so let me just stop and just say something real quick. I think it's wrong what the young son did. But the story is not about the young son. The story is about the father's generosity. And the reason why I want to point that out is for every believer in this room, we focus on what we don't have instead of realizing that you know the one who has everything. Come on. At some point, you've got to snap out of it. And as a believer, you have to stop and say, why do I want to continue to live in the world of fogginess? And I would rather step in the world of knowing God's faithfulness and put all my eggs in his basket to lift me out of what I know and put me into his knowledge. I would rather have God's knowledge than my know any day. Because all that I could ever learn in life couldn't compare to what God's trying to teach me. Come on, who am I talking to? But we live in the land of fair, and we think that what we get is going to come from somebody, 
or we think what we need is because someone didn't give us what belongs to ours, or we think that we might have got the short end of the straw in life. There are things that you'd like to change about you. There's things that I'd like to change about me. And they're all things wrapped around, I don't know where I got it, and I don't know where you got it either. But it's this mentality of it's not fair. And my growing up, I'm 43 years old now, and I'm finally getting to the point to realize I don't want fair. I'm really hungry for what God wants to do in my life. You know what? I have whined and complained and moaned and groaned to the point to where I'm even sick of hearing my own voice. Come on, I'm sick of hearing your voice too. And at some point, and it's, has it ever done me any good to moan about the things that I couldn't do anything about? To gripe, to keep a record of wrong. And at some point, I think it just snapped that I'm 43 stinking years old. That's a, that's a powerful word, 43 stinking years old. And I don't want to spend one more day living in the world of unfair when my father is the one who would say, Ty, the story is not about the fair treatment of a brother to a brother. The story is actually about the generosity of a father. And if a father would give a rebellious little punk everything he's got, is our father in heaven not going to also be generous to the faithful followers of him also? But I live in the world thinking, why does he get that? Why did he get to do that? Why did he get to do that? And I don't sit back and realize that if I keep my head up and look at everybody else, I will definitely miss what God's trying to do in me. Because God's sitting here on my shoulder fixing to tell me the words that will change my life. And I interrupt him to say, excuse me, God, look at that. Come on, who am I preaching to today? God on the verge of speaking, Ty Bean, would you look at, excuse me, God, look at that. And God goes, I see it. But Ty Bean, I would like to show you, no, 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 hang on, God, I don't think you see it. And we have a bunch of interrupters in the room, and I'm going to give you a word for the Lord. You ready? Shut up for just one minute to see that this story has far more to do about God being for you and not against you. God is fighting battles for you, not fighting against you. That if we can lay down all of us, we would see all that he has to offer. The story about the oldest son, he was right. Things were unfair. But guess what? The world is unfair. And in fact, God's kingdom is unfair. Why did he get it? But if we focus on what's not fair, we won't see God's faithfulness. And this last and final part in verse 31 says two things. And there's two things I'm going to come back to, and there's two things you need to get today. Number one, you need to realize God is with you. God is with you. God is with me. Some of you need to get a Sharpie. Not a Sharpie. Don't do a Sharpie. That I'll, I'll get sued for a Sharpie. Get a, get a dry erase marker. And go, go to your mirrors. And if you don't do anything else, wake up every morning with a dry erase moment that says, God is with you. Bam! You may want to include your name in there. Okay? I'm not going to include your name because it's my mirror. 
And you should wake up every morning, and instead of seeing and saying, good Lord morning, you should probably include the first thing coming out of your mouth, good morning, Lord. And to realize God is for me. God is for me. God is for me. God woke up, God woke me up this morning because he couldn't wait for me to get up. He, God is for me. The second thing you see in this last and final part is that God has everything. All God has is already yours. Which means that not only is he for you, but he's going to give you everything you need to go do what it is you've called to do. Now, I know in your mind, you're immediately thinking what it is. Let me tell you, what you think it is is very rarely what God actually has for you. Yeah. But you're going to have to realize, to go back to step number one, God's for you. See, it took you many years to get into debt. It's not going to take you overnight to get out of it. But when you finally do get out of debt, you'll find in the long run it was just money. But the persistence that it took to get you through this and the wisdom that you gained, you'll never go back to debt again because of what you learned in the process of trusting God through getting out of debt. The whole story is amazing. The whole story takes on this, this attitude. Now, now, to talk to you about how God is for you today, I want to go to another parable. And this parable is found in Matthew chapter 25, and it's the story of the talents. As you turn there, and I love the turning of pages. Everybody just turn pages. If you're turning a Bible page, turn it loudly. Let everyone know around you you brought your Bible to church. That's so cool. Everybody else with a smart device, just go as you scroll through the, 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 the screen, okay? And the story of the talents goes like this, is that there was a master who was leaving town who was going to leave three people in charge. For one, he gave five talents. To the other, he gave two talents. And to another one, he gave one talent. And that's not fair. Yeah, yeah. Why would the master give one five, one two, and one one? And I would agree. It's not fair. But it does explain. And in explaining it says that he leaves these men in charge, and each one is given something special. Matthew chapter 25, verse uh, 15 says this, And to one he gave five talents, to another he gave two, and to another one. To each according to their own ability. Everybody say it. According to their own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Let me tell you about the word ability here. Your ability is a tool that God increases your ability for his kingdom. Some people in this room have just a little bit of an ability, a faith. A little, you've just started this journey, and you don't have a lot, but God's given you something. And this story is to tell you that he gave you the ability, he will increase the ability, but it all has everything to do, do you trust him with going ahead and pulling out the ability and doing what he's asking you to do with it. The next thing you see about ability is ability is the area most of us don't understand, and, and we call it unfair. Like, for instance, you look at this and you go, how come he's been given five talents and I've only got one? And it seems unfair. It seems unfair that the worship team can come up here and sing like they can sing. And you think, man, I wish I could sing. It's so unfair. Yeah. You go over here and you go, man, Fabian plays that piano so incredible. I wish I could play the piano. It's so 
unfair. I look at the drums and think, dang, I'm a good drum player. It's so unfair. Y'all can't play the drums like I can play the drums. It's totally unfair. I'm being funny. (laughs) Do you ever live in the life of unfair because you don't value some abilities you have? If I could do what he can do. That's not how this works. Can you see what he put in you? That's the key to this. Verse 16 goes on. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. (laughs) Typical. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Don't forget, the very beginning, we looked and saw that the father turned to the oldest son and said, don't forget that I am with you and all that I have is yours. And some of us need to realize that you are not in charge of managing what God's given you, but you are in charge of being a steward over what God has given you. Which means for all the grease monkeys in the world, you've got to realize that you love it. You love doing it, but God put it in you for a purpose. And here's the deal about your calling. If you love it, you're going to do it. And for a lot of us, we think that I'm going to be asked to do something I don't want to do. And I'm going to tell you, that's not how God works. You're going to love doing it for the Lord. And then you're going to be doing it for the Lord. Can I give you some examples? I had a friend in Phoenix who loved bass fishing. Loved bass fishing. And he turned to the Lord and he said, the only thing I know that I have a gifting for and love to do is I love to bass fish. But I feel so selfish because how can you ever use that? And God said, if you let me, I'll show you. If you let me, I'll show you. And he said, do you think you're the only person on the planet who loves the bass fish? He said, heck no, there's a lot of guys that love the bass fish. And he goes, bingo. And the process just began to happen in the guy's head. And he began to put on Saturday bass fishing tournaments for his friends. And they'd have cookouts. They'd fish till 2 o'clock, have a weigh-in, have a cookout, and a Bible study. Just a little quick little testimony time. He'd ask his friends to come, a little 15-minute devotional time. And, and people who would never step foot in a church came to this stinking bass tournament. And a man, for the very first time in his life, heard the plan of salvation. And after several bass tournaments, He approached the guy and said, I'm not even coming to the bass tournaments to fish anymore. I'm coming for this 15-minute Bible study. It's the only feeding I'm getting spiritually. And the more I'm here, the more it's changing me. And the man was led to the Lord and his family also because of a bass tournament. Let me tell you how your church started. A roping. A roping. You know the first roping we ever had? It had a Calcutta in it. Yeah, for all the church people in the room, that means gambling. Yeah. And let me tell you why, because it was a tradition. One of the things they do at the Lee County Championships, you'd sell a calf roper, not sell a calf roper. I know you girls got excited about that. But, but, but you would sell a, a calf roper, and he would rope, and the money from the, the pot would go in. If your calf roper did good, you'd get paid out. It's just a, it was just a fun deal. And, and there's not a church in the world who would do a Calcutta, but we did one at Cowboy Junction. And let me tell you, no Christians came to the Calcutta. It was all heathens. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was great. 
And, 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 and let me tell you, I, don't, I look back on me being a young pastor, and all I wanted to do was tell people about Jesus. I'm going to tell you, there's some dumb ideas I've had over the years, but the intentions were pure. And you might be here today because of a Calcutta. I actually had people that come and say, I hope that Cowboy Junction keeps doing the Lee County Championships, keep doing the Lee, Lee County Championships, because that's the only time all year that our family goes to church. It wasn't until about a couple or three years later that those people who would go to the Lee County Championship started actually coming to church on a Monday night. Yeah, yeah. And, and I would turn and say that there's things that nobody else can do, but you can do. And your ability is the tool that God increases in his kingdom, and your ability is the area that you probably don't understand very much, but you call it unfair. And God's trying to show you the purpose behind it. The story goes on in verse 20. So he would receive five talents. We, we, oh, excuse me, uh, verse 19. Go to verse 19. And after a long time, the Lord of the servants came and settled accounts with them. Okay. Before I go on, I want to show you this. After a long time, success sometimes takes time. You want success overnight, and it's not fair sometimes how long it takes. But I'll tell you, if you just continue to do what he's asked you to do in time, it will be worth it. Don't you dare quit now. Don't you dare grow weary in doing exactly what God called you to do. Don't you dare start fighting other fights when God's called you to fight the fight of faith. Keep fighting for your fight of faith. Don't worry about people. Don't start fighting people. Don't fight, start fighting situations. You fight the fight of faith. Because sometimes it takes a little bit of time for success to come. Then verse 20. So he had received five talents, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. Verse 21. His Lord said to him, well done, you good and faithful servant. You were, I want you to check this out, you were faithful over a few things, and I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter in the joy of the Lord. Here's one of the beauty parts about the fairness of unfairness in the kingdom of God, okay? If we're all about, it's got to be fair, we wouldn't see that this isn't the promotion of you. This is being fair faithful with what God gives you to promote him. Come on, think about that. And this is a moment to where we don't want to go bass fish for our church so we can go bass fishing. There's somebody looking for their purpose. And I would tell you that you would look and say, I don't even fish today because I need to get out there and cook for these guys so they can go fish and I can tell them about Jesus. And it's funny the things that we hold up here when we begin to look at what God wants to do in kingdom it's totally fair. I'll swap that for this any day. I was roping in all our church ropings. And it dawned on me, I'm just tired of it. I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to tell people about Jesus. And it's funny how your heart changes. It's funny how your heart changes when you start being faithful over the little things that God's asked you to be responsible stewards over. Faithfulness and increase may not happen in today's world. Think about it. Faithfulness and increase. 
you can have a wife who's faithful to her husband. That doesn't mean her husband's going to be faithful to her. And in our own world, faithfulness and increase may not happen. But in this story about God's kingdom, faithfulness and increase go hand in hand. You be faithful over the little things and you see if God won't put more in your hands. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You were faithful over what I gave you and now here's more. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, and this is where the story shifts, because the guy who was given one talent saw it as only one thing. He said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not uh, scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours and presented right back to him the very talent that he had given him to do something with. I've condensed this down. And if we were going to talk about what he's saying, it goes like this. I was afraid and I hid the talent in the ground. I was afraid, and I buried what you gave me. I was afraid I was going to lose it, and so I just quit. And I would turn to every person in this room and say, come on, there has to be a moment, I think it can happen in this message today, to where you have to turn and say, do I really want what God wants for my life? And if that's what you want, and I think you do, You've got to dig up something that you once buried to experience something that you've never experienced before. Joy hasn't been there. Love hasn't been there. Excitement hasn't been there. All because you've buried something that God said, step out in faith, trust me in this, dust it off, and let's try it. See if I won't bless it because you've got to remember two things. I'm with you, and all I got to back you on what I called you to do, we got your back. I'm going to give you wisdom, I'm going to give you guidance, but you've got to dig up what you buried to go experience what I've always wanted you to experience. And when you dig it up and you trust God and you get in one of those, I can lose it right now. I've only got one thing. It's either make it or break it, win or lose. But I can't imagine me not stepping out in faith and trusting that God's got a plan, doggone it, even if I lose, it's better than burying it. But God says, you're not going to lose. I've got your back. Come on. Who am I talking to? Some of us have to grow in our capacity. God can only feel you by how big your faith is. Come on, let's think about this. God, I, I, I don't know what to do. Probably start by realizing that God can only fill you by how big your faith is. And some of us got Dixie Cup faith. And we're believing God for a, for a mug of faith, a tanker of faith. Come on, God, do this. Come on, you got it. And God said, come on, I need you. I need you to step out and be faithful on the little things and see if I won't grow you. And then you be faithful with what I give you and see if I won't grow you. And sometimes in the most difficult situations, God's asking you, do you believe me? Do you trust? Is it time for your capacity to grow? I was afraid, and so I hid the talent. 
What if the story shifted and you were said, and you said, I changed my mind. I'm digging it up, and we're going to try this again. Some of you need to realize you're one step away from being right where you're supposed to be. You're one decision away from experiencing the greatest experience of your life. You're one obedient decision. Go back to the last instruction of just getting to the point to where you can do exactly what it is you know God asked you to do, and you see if it doesn't cause a God-sized harvest for the things that only God can do. I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to jump to verse 26. When this man buried what he gave him, the master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. And I want you to look at this. I've shifted this. This is a different translation. This is the message translation. And I was doing the New King James a minute ago, and I love the ending of this parable in the message Bible. Listen to this. And the master was furious. That's a terrible way to live, to bury what I gave you. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? Verse 28. Take the thousand, or the talent, and give it to the one who risked the most. And get rid of this, play it safe, who won't go out on a limb. Throw him out into utter darkness. I couldn't wait to preach this message, by the way. I couldn't wait to stand up here because the 1030 crowd, man, we're just hungry. I'm, I'm tired of living the way I've always been living, and I'm ready to go where I've never gone before. I want that for my marriage. Let me tell you what, Heather rocks. But man, I think that we're going to be a better couple the older we get. Oh, you think we're good now. You just watch us when we get old. I'm like, your, your kids are going to go walk in and go, that's gross. Look at our pastors. Don't, I'm loving on my wife. I want our love to grow for each other. I want our, our joy for people to grow. I want our ministry to grow. You know, you know what? When I first became the pastor of Cowboy Junction, it was all about me and my ministry. I'm going to tell you, I was, I was pretty selfish when I first started out. I have had more fun in the last five years being my wife's bag carrier. Now, where do you want to go, Heather? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do, Heather? And I tell you what, they, for, for the Create Women's Conference, they, they dressed the guys up in the dorkiest outfits. Oh, it was dorky. No, no guys ever used the word cute. But let me tell you why there's so many guys that are willing to wear anything their wife tells them to wear. Because we love our wives. Isn't it right? Yeah, I saw you in your bow tie. And, and, and you know what? If Heather walked in and said, I want you to put these suspenders on. I want you to put this bow tie on. I want you to wear this hat. I said, yes, ma'am. You just tell me what to do. Oh, man, I'll wear those suspenders for you. Now, when I'm not around Heather, I, I think this is the stupidest thing in the whole world. My gosh. No. <laughs> but here's the deal. If I can be faithful in something like that, 
Our marriage can, te- can go through the tests. And our marriage can grow with more things and be trusted with more things than bow ties and suspenders. I think for some people in the room, we need to think about the three things we talked about today. You are only limited by, okay, so this is, you're only limited by, this is, these are three things that I think are limiting us from experiencing the best God has for us. And we walk around with a it's not fair mentality, and I would say God's got something better for you. And these are the three things we talk about. I, I think we're limited by our knowledge of God. Because if you knew who God is, you would trust Him more. Part of the reasons that in this room we struggle with trusting God, because you've never dove into knowing God more. In my own private life, I have to study to be a pastor. One of the most dangerous things I can do is to study to be a pastor when I first need to study to be the man that he's called me to be. My personal study takes precedence over my pastoral study. Because if I starve as a man, I'll starve you as a pastor. And my daily limits are put on my knowledge of God. But the more that I know about who God is, it expands who I am. It expands you too. Another thing, we are limited by not understanding our gifts. I truly believe that if you knew the gift that God put inside of you, you would have more fun in church. You would have more fun with Christians. You would have more fun in the world we live in. Joy would come back to you. Love would come back to you. Peace would come back to you. All because you tapped into what you were called to do and it showed the things that you're not called to do. There's a fear that you have that the moment you start serving the Lord, He's going to ask you to do something that you're not supposed to do. And I would tell you, it's completely the opposite. What did He gift you to do? The third and final thing that we see is that your thoughts, what you think, could be the very limits that you've been putting on yourself. The very thoughts that consume your mind just put limits and you think it's not fair. It's not fair that the, he got that. And I would say, break out of your thoughts. Start thinking the thoughts that God thinks about you. Start thinking the things that God wants for you. I know the plans God has for me. Plans to prosper me, not to harm me. Plans to give me a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. It's time to break out of your thoughts. So, in this... It still goes back to Luke chapter 15. Did you know that you are with the creator of the universe and God is for you, not against you? Did you know the second thing? That all God has is here to back what he's asked you to do. He's going to equip you with the knowledge and the wisdom and the provision to just step out and you can't mess this up if you're walking in faith. Faith. Some of you need to go knock on some doors again. 
Some of you need to step out in faith and, and, and have that conversation all over again. You need to realize the first time you tried something, you kind of tried it in the wrong attitude. And you tried it with more fear. And so it wasn't, wasn't that dif dif difficult to take it and bury it. Some of you need to go back where you put it and dig it back up again and say, you know what, my, my last effort was half-hearted. And God, I'm ready to give you my best. I want to pray for you. But in praying for you, I want to ask, is there anybody in the room that would say, Ty, I need Jesus. I've been the prodigal son. Would God give me a second chance? And I would turn to you and say, absolutely. He already beat you here. Your father's been sitting at this altar looking for you to come in today. But we got to make a decision. Would you bow your head? Father, today I pray for my friends. And today I pray that you would stir your voice in our lives. Holy Spirit, we need you to direct us with your presence and purpose and plan. Today, Lord, with all of my heart, I pray that we would not look at life being unfair, but we would look at kingdom is so much bigger than fairness. I want what God wants for my life. Speak to me. Guide me. Show me. I'm, it's time to lose this attitude. It's time to lose this type of thinking. I'm ready to dig up what God's given me. And Father, let's step forward as I have faith in you. Who in the room today, just by showing your hands, that's it, just by showing your hand, would say, I've let too many things get buried in my life. And it's time for me to stir up and dig up what God wants put in my hands and I, I didn't do anything with. Yeah, raise your hand and say, I, I, I want to put my faith back in God. Yeah, yeah, all over this place, people. Yeah, wow, 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 wow. Let me ask this question. You can put your hands down. Is there anybody in the room that says, Ty, I don't know the Lord. I've ran from him, I've ran from him, and I need him. I am tired of running from him. I have never accepted Christ as my Savior. And today, that's the number one thing I know is today I do not want to leave this place the same way I walked in. Father, forgive me of my sins. I'm ready to come back home. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <coughs> wow. Yeah. Father, I pray that you would hear our prayers. We need you. So, Lord, let us not live in the world of unfair, but let us live in faith and your faithfulness. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. There was a lot of people, when I asked, if there's something you got to dig up, hands went up all over this place. The prayer team is coming up right now. If you're part of the prayer team, would you just come forward? Maybe you're just not ready to leave yet. These folks that are on the prayer team, they have been through it. They have learned how to trust God when the devil wanted to just get them to quit. And, and that's why they love to pray for people. And they love to pray for you. And if you're here and you raise your hand and you said, I, I really, I need to go back and revisit what God wants to do in my life. 
they'd love to pray with you. Don't leave without them letting them pray for you. But there's also people in the room that you raised your hand for salvation. I'm going to come right over here. While everybody's leaving, I'm going to come stand right here. And Abby's going to come stand with me. And I would love to pray with you what we call the redemption prayer, the prayer of salvation. And, and why everybody's just kind of trickling out? Some amazing life change can take place right here. I've got something I'd like to give you. You can go home with, with some, some things that can fill your mind with what God says and not fill your mind with the it's not fair mentality. So if you raised your hand, I need Jesus. While everybody's trickling out, I want you to come up here, and, and I'd love to meet you. So Cowboy Junction, if you would, would you stand to your feet? Don't forget as you exit to pick up those Kidtopia cards. Next week's going to be fantastic. Cowboy Junction, it's time for us to love God, love people, and have no limits in our life. I love you. Jesus loves you. Don't you ever forget it. God bless you guys. and Have a great week in the Lord. See you later.